0: the news of Sean Payton's hiring and booking ahead to Billy and KC. Safeway
1: presents Stokely and Zach.
2: think about it, it is right here, it is right now. Heart and so strange said you never know.
0: How you doing today, Brandon Stokely? Doing great. Oh, hey. Still, still kind of on cloud nine about yesterday. Yeah? I, yeah, I am. I, I don't want to be like you got those butterflies. I don't want to be you know, like the the what were you call them? The like the the Rosberg ma- uh, mafia or something? Like well, <laughs> the Rossberg Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to be like that after one press. Just because it's a press conference, right? Right. I get it, but here I, you are. I get it. You can, you know, it's like it's just a stinking press conference. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But like for me, it was just um, it was refreshing. It's like, this is what we've been needing here. I don't know if it's going to translate into 12 wins or if they're going to win four games now. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Uh, Obviously, a lot of work to do with some other things there. But I know one thing. We got ourselves a head football coach, right? The real deal. Like, check that box. We can put that on the back burner, and now we can focus on other things. I know that for a fact, and that was backed up again by what I heard yesterday during the press conference. So that's kind of why I'm still like on cloud nine. It's not about, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a Super Bowl team. This is right. No, I'm not. I'm not doing all that stuff. But I am still excited about our head coach. That's awesome. Being a head coach. I'm glad you're letting yourself be excited.
2: Uh, I'm letting myself be excited. Sean Payton isn't going to make a tackle this year, right? He's still going to have to coach these guys up, and we're going to talk about what the timeline is, what it should be, and all that. But I think that this time around, you're, you're letting the words of a press conference sync up with other stuff that you already know to be true. So your excitement is founded on reality, not your imagination. Yes. So yes. I, it, it's different this time.
0: Yes, and, and I thought going into the press conference, I, I, obviously I love the hire to start with. Like, okay, great hire. That's, that's what we needed. Um, and then I think I think for me it's like, okay, well, let's see how he is in the press conference. Let's see what how that feels and what this sounds like. Sure. Right? Because I, I could be, you know, I could think the hire is great, but then the press conference is like, ah. Yeah, he's kind of boring. He's kind of, you know, like why all this coach speak like he wasn't guarded. There was no coach speak. He was just being real. It was just there. This is what we're going to do, you know. And so that's why for me it's like, all right, perfect. Check, 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 check. Love it. Absolutely love it. So um, I walked away from listening to that like even more impressed. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, with just total the, sense. With just the whole, whole overall thing, because I went into that press conference and I, I just kind of – you know, you hear different things, like he said. He's like, you know, the myth is I'm a – A tyrant. A tyrant. Um, and, and so you hear different things, and, you know, you don't know how he's going to act with the media, and will he be funny? Will he be, you know, really guarded? But he was just kind of real and just out there and just kind of, hey – didn't prepare any kind of scripted words. I loved it. I loved it. So I think it was a a great first step and um, just a a great first hire. He was just himself. Yep. And
2: you can sort of see that authenticity and you combine that with his resume and the Broncos could really, really have something here. Um, But we got to remember, this is a five win team that is trying to get off the mat by, you know, the standing eight count here. So, we got to manage our expectations, and I think part of w- what today's show should be about is looking at this thing um, with some realistic uh, eyes and talking about some of the factors that you know are at play here and what the timetable of those factors could be. And um, so, really looking forward to, to diving into every single angle um, with you here today on a Tuesday. Uh, yesterday, Peyton talked about what are non negotiable qualities for his teams, and this is what he
1: said. I think with any team or any organization, you know, you you have law and order, as Bill would say, you know, and and there's a certain uh, unselfishness to being part of a team, and so you come in with your standards, but you're not coming in indicting anyone else's. You're just coming in with, this is how we're going to teach, this is how we're going to meet, this is how we're going to practice, and I'm not too familiar with maybe how that was in the last few years, four years, or five years. And, and look, it's kind of one of those where, you you know, you really knock the rearview mirror off the automobile. We're just looking forward. Law and order, unselfishness. I don't necessarily
2: know how it was done, and it's not going to be my way. It's not going to be an indictment of anybody else. We're just looking forward.
0: Yeah, love it. Love it. Right approach. Um, Hey, everyone does it a little bit differently. We have our way of doing it. And um, I, I, I love it. Perfect. I, I think, you know, when he, when he says Bill, too, he's talking about Bill Parcells. Coach son of Bill Parcells. And um, so uh, that's who he was referring to, if you didn't know, if you were listening. And, I, yeah, I think it's, um, it's one of those things, obviously, how much law and order did they have before? And how much accountability and, and, and all of those things did they have before? You know, we're I, not, not quite sure. You kind of gotta have a guess, though. Not, don't you? It, yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah. Didn't seem like it was very good from the outside. I mean, it didn't seem like there was much accountability for your actions, for your play. No. For both. No. For both. Like how you acted and how you played. Yeah. There's no accountability. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you could do what you want. You it's do like whatever. You want. Whatever. Yeah. whatever. You wanna, you know. Tweets about coaches or, you know, shake your head and, and pout that, you know, your, your guy just got a first down and you're not on the football field and it's all good. Well, you'll be the starter next week, Melvin. Right. Yeah. Uh, you get so, promoted. Right. I mean, where's the accountability there? So, yeah, you're right. It it was very uh, poor. By the way, Melvin out at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Doing media. How many guys on the practice squad doing media?
2: Like making himself available. Oh. Like out, like out on the floor, like making himself available, like – said that he never had a chance in Denver this past year. They wanted Javante. He never had a chance. Bro, you never... Wait, what? You, you never You never. what? He said he didn't have a chance. Didn't have a chance. Dude, Javante Williams got hurt in September. You he are the guy. A chance. What are you talking about? Don't let me get fired up about that. Melvin on a he Tuesday. Say. He did not say that. I'm here to tell you. No, he didn't. I'm here to tell you. No way. I'm just here to tell you. I think you're messing with Okay. Me. So, uh, yeah, yeah, man, I told my mom, man, I never had a chance. They wanted Vontae to be the guy. Bro, Javonte Williams got hurt like two games into the season. You got chance after chance. You, you were a cat with nine lives. Uh, you never had a chance in Denver.
0: He didn't say that. I'm
2: just here to tell you on a Tuesday. He said that? Melvin Gordon said this this final year. you sure year, you didn't miss, miss, bro? It's, hear as, that? it's as clear as day. Yeah, yeah, I told my mom, man, I I never had a chance this final year in Denver like you. you got you too just many just chances are, here in Denver. Unbelievable You're talking about a bizarro world seeing the world completely upside down. And I told you about this about Melvin last offseason. All this dude does is complain. He he's Eeyore. You've been gifted a, a million a, a billion dollar um, from body. The yeah, and it's always raining on him. Right, yeah. you 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 made millions and millions of dollars to play a kid's sport and all you've done the whole time is bitch and moan. Can't, I can't stand it. So glad that guy's gone. My least favorite Bronco in the six years we've been doing this really? show. Melvin Stinkin' Gordon. Least Such favorite. Such an ingrate. Literally your prototype professional athlete that, like, people who don't know, just the, the, kind of like the picture right. that you think yeah. of in your head, that's Melvin Gordon. We brought him back. Brought him back. And he said when he went to go sign the contract, jo- George Payton walked in, and George said, you know, he said, he goes, Melvin, why do you look so sad? He was so sad signing the contract, uh, c- coming back. See, it was so sad. Melvin's always so sad. It's always raining on Melvin. It's always drizzling, even when it's sunny.
0: Huh. He rained on us. Dude, he I... He brought rain, Clyde. That, that's why this weather's been so crazy. I think that's why. It's been so bad here. You, I
2: was signing the contract. George says, well, why do you look so sad? Only did, only a general manager could ask that to Melvin Gordon. Why do you look so sad as we're about to sign you for a couple more millions of dollars even too? when you don't this, deserve it? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm fixing to tell you on a Tuesday. My li- I couldn't believe. I'm like, what bizarre world is this guy living in? Wow. Yeah, unbelievable. Sorry, had to go because I saw the video last night. I I I, I did not plan on I did not plan on going there. We we had. It's not for right now. Hold on, because I got to check a couple things with you before you play it. But yeah. So. Well, you not right? Oh, you oh, got- oh no, I'm uh-huh. too right. You can oh. call me bullseye today. Oh, just telling you. Why do you
0: look so sad, Melvin? Unbelievable. George so Payton said that to him. Yes. Melvin was sad. Yes, Melvin should have been thrilled. He got someone he signed. Had, he him. had nowhere else to go.
2: He had nowhere else to go. You got me getting my voice this way uh, on a Tuesday. First <laughs> <Third> segment. He <laughs> had nowhere else to go. They offered to bring you back for a couple million dollars, and you were so sad to sign the deal because oh. you never had a chance.
3: Oh, oh.
0: You had chance. You had a chance. And- First game of the year. Chance after chance after Fumbling. chance. I'm sorry. Every chance you just fumble. Every every time you just this, fumble. This was, was like, this, fumble. This
2: was not in our script, I promise. But you just made me think, I don't know how that you it, That was just good, though. That oh, my good. gosh.
0: I love uh, when I, I just get down the <laughs> Melbourne-Gordon road. And I just <laughs> sit back and just kind of just <laughs> <laughs> fuel oh the God. flames.
2: Just. <laughs> oh, my God. What is the latest with Sean Payton's staff? Is it coming together? It's next.
0: Reacting to the news of Sean Payton hiring and looking ahead to Billy and KC, Safeway presents Stokely and Zach.
2: Is Sean Payton's staff coming into focus? Well, to a certain degree, it is. Uh, We don't have uh, official news to share, but we know who's not in the fold anymore. Brian Flores was supposed to be interviewing today, Brandon Stokely, with Sean Payton. That interview will not happen. He is off to Minnesota to apparently where he wanted to be, or maybe this is just where he didn't want to be.
0: I I think that's awesome, Zach Bye. I think that's awesome. I, I did not want him here at all. Would not have been a good spot. I just, you you can't sue an organization and make accusations like he made. Uh, um, And I haven't seen any facts. Uh, It's just his opinion, I guess. And he's just throwing stuff to the wall. This is my opinion, obviously. Um, And um, you can't have that guy in your organization on your coaching staff. I just, it's like, what are we doing? Like, what world are we living in? And a couple years after this guy files this lawsuit and makes these accusations, like pretty damning accusations, uh, you're going to have him a part of your organization? No, 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 no. Go somewhere else, fine. Um, Just not here in Denver. Glad, glad. And it's not like he's this great uh, defensive coordinator. He's like never really was a defensive coordinator. I mean, he did it the one year when he was a head coach. I think just that one year, which Miami, i Miami. didn't realize
2: until we started talking about it that he was never actually a defensive coordinator until he got the Miami job. Was he? Was he calling that defense? Do we? I know, think it was the second year he was
0: there. He okay. might have taken it over, okay. something like. But okay. something like that. I don't know. But anyway. regardless, is that lawsuit still going? By the I way, I don't. Yes, I, I never heard so. that it was. Yes, I think so. I think so. So yeah, no. Like, dude, no, not here. Like, really? No. What, what world are we living in where that can happen? Like, <laughs> right. I get it's different owners now, and, like, you know, Joel is the people he made these accusations against really aren't a part of this organization yeah. really anymore. Um, but, man, but still, no. But no, still,
2: yeah. No. um It sounds like today's interview will be with Sean Desai, which is a name that we may be getting used to if things fall the way that a lot of Broncos country believes it's going to fall. Okay, before we before we get into who this person is, the Broncos are not likely going to be getting—not um, likely, maybe putting it lightly. They're not going to get other defensive coordinators to come do a lateral move to come to Denver. You're likely going to uh, highlight a coach that is bumping up to a defensive coordinator— that way he has the pathway to get here as opposed to a lateral move where these other organizations can just block.
0: Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's probably fair. I mean, probably, yeah.
2: Okay. Because I haven't heard of any other, like, defensive, like current defensive coordinator. Who
0: would leave, um, unless you're in a bad spot and you look at this as a better spot, I, I just I, probably not going to happen, you know. Um, because the name I'm going
2: to bring up is probably a name that a lot of people don't know. Right. And that's for a reason. Right. like So unless you're like a Bears fan or like just this, you know, knee deep into this potential search, Sean Desai is probably a name that you um, maybe didn't know within the last 72 hours or so, maybe even 48 hours. But he is going to interview with Sean Payton today. Okay. According to Cliss, partly because of a good recommendation from Vic Fangio. He was groomed by Vic in Chicago, originally as a quality control coach. Stokey then moved to uh, safeties after Fangio and Donatel left Chicago for Denver. So Vic brings him on as quality control coach. He then becomes the coach of the safeties in 2019 Uh, in 2021, he became the bears defensive coordinator. But after the Matt Nagy regime was fired, he was out of a job. He goes and coaches under Pete Carroll in Seattle as an associate head coach
0: and a defensive assistant. Okay. I, Sean Desai. Yeah. I don't know anything about this guy. You know, great job of breaking it down. It, but every somewhat, you got to start somewhere. You know, he had the one stint. Um, one stint as defensive coordinator. Does yes, in yeah. 2021. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like, do we really want to take Vic's word? Do we really want to listen to, is, is Vic KGB over there? Like, is, you know, it's like, uh, hey, what's going on? Are we sure we can trust Vic? Huh? Are we sure? Do we really want to listen to Uncle Vic? I mean, when I, it when it comes
2: to just purely defensive sort of scouting report on a coach, uh, I mean, who do you trust entirely,
0: you know? No, I'm just kidding. And, I'm joking. I, I think probably him and Sean Payton have a good relationship, and... Sean's like, hey, do you have any young guys that you coach with that you recommend? And, and that's probably how it worked. So we'll see. I was thinking about different guys because, you know, last night, deep into the night. Oh, grinding. Yeah. Up late. Yeah. Yeah. You and I both. Yes, exactly. Thinking about the show. Right. And uh, I was like, well, who's out there? Because you're right. You're not going to find many defensive coordinators. We're not going to get the defensive coordinator from the Baltimore Ravens to come over here, or right. the defensive coordinator from you know wherever Cincinnati is going to jump to right. Denver. Just, yeah, no, not going to happen. So who's out there? That, but that guy, but this guy has experience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was thinking, and there's not a ton of names out there that I could think of, but I came up with one Broncos country knows well and Wade Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> Um is, oh, it, oh oh can I guess seriously yeah
2: Vance Joseph uh no 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 not not coach Vance um because obviously the king right Cliff Kingsbury regime is out in Arizona <laughs> we don't know who the coach coming in is he could be on the outs and it was about two seasons ago Vance started to pick up steam if you remember of like uh, of of you know hey this guy is going to get a second shot as a head coach somewhere if you remember, that wasn't, that wasn't that crazy about two seasons ago. Now, this past season, I think the, that that narrative slowed down, but that's why I th- threw out Vance Joseph. Now, I'm not trying to be cheeky.
0: No, no, I know. Yeah. Um, look, he had some good defenses in Arizona, I think. I mean, they were okay, and uh, I just, it hasn't been good enough to say, yeah, come be our defensive coordinator. Um, but that's an interesting one. I didn't, I didn't really think about that one. Uh, but the Wade Phillips one, yeah, I think that ship has sailed, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but I was thinking about another one, a blast from the past here, and uh, Jack Del Rio. Oh. Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio.
2: Yes. Um, I haven't seen Jack Del Rio in a while. He's, like with, he's with
0: the Commanders. Okay, because he was he's with like the the media their, stuff um, a couple, yes, couple years ago. He's been with Ron Rivera there for a couple years now, and... Uh, he might be there. I don't know what his title is uh, there exactly. Uh, a defensive coordinator. Oh, he's the coordinator there. Yeah. So oh, he wouldn't make a lateral move then. I thought he was a linebacker coach there. Um, okay, so you can take him off the list. I don't think Broncos. Country, Broncos. I don't think Broncos country would welcome that too much. They they don't like how it ended with with, with Jack.
1: With Jack. Yeah. Um,
0: and, and again, can you catch someone like me up? How, how did it end? Well, it ended in the playoffs where well, I think a lot of people. I. Think that he had one foot out of the door, and was ready to take his head coaching job to the Raiders, to right? The Raiders, right? That's a bad. That's a bad. That's a bad that's, parlay, that's that, right? That's, if what, that's what, that, what the narrative I was. I don't think that that's that's how fans feel. Okay. I, I, I don't. I don't think that happened. I just think they just didn't play very well. Um, a lot of experience, what, though. I mean, the, yeah, the, the, there's but, a reason you brought him up. Right. How about um, Marvin Lewis? Oh. Would he even entertain it? Just saw him on the Dais the other night at that Baltimore bullies thing. Right. And Jack was up there too. Um uh, doing doing uh on, on, on the show. Um but Marvin Lewis, you know, he hasn't coached in a while. He wants to get back in the game, I believe. Uh he talked about that. But would he what do want to be a defensive coordinator, you know, um and try to maybe Get his foot back into the game, and then if if you have a great year as a defensive coordinator here, right, right, then all of a sudden you parlay that with now you're you're more known uh, sure. again. You're like yeah. back in the conversation of being okay. Oh, Marvin Lewis, yeah, okay, he was last at Arizona State. He wow, was
2: like a right. special advisor. Then he was actually their defensive coordinator, believe it or not. Wow. And then he stepped back into just like an advisory role for the football program, I believe. Special advisor uh, was his uh, last title.
0: Um, so the, those were a couple names that I thought of. Um, what about a – is Steve Wilkes
2: anywhere? I think he – is he going to San Francisco? Did you say that what on did, the mic? He's going
3: um, to San Francisco. Yeah, okay. He literally just broke 20 seconds ago.
2: Oh, whoa. They to hire him. Oh, whoa.
0: Unbelievable. What, what timing. <laughs> yeah, so Steve Wilkes was a name <laughs> that I thought of. You know, the interim coach there that did a really good job in Carolina – Yeah, he really did do a good job as that interim defensive guy. Um, and so he's going to San Fran. Okay, well, scratch that one off the list. This is not going well for me. (laughs) Started with Jack Del Rio, who, oh, by the way, he is a defensive coordinator. (laughs) Oh, okay, my bad. Um, I so scratch him. the The other one that that um someone sent me is uh, really late. Huh? Must have been really late. Um eh, <laughs> a little bit before 11. Uh, Chris Richard who was with the Saints and I believe um well he was with the Seahawks too I believe at at, at a certain point. K okay. uh, R I S Chris Richard. Yeah, what, what what do you have um uh, on on him? Uh, his do you have a, any background on him? But he was he was with the Seahawks I believe. He was the Saints defensive coordinator. I think they just parted ways. Saints are going to Joe Woods by the way. Is that right? Saints hire Joe Woods as their D coordinator. Oh, Joe. Uh-oh. Just sprinkle some sugar on
2: it. Oh, Hide the hoagie. Yeah. Joe Woods. Yep. Uh, Chris uh, Richard um, was most recently, it looks like, from what I can see, the D-backs coach for the Saints. Um, yes, this past year it looks like he was actually co-defensive coordinator and a secondary coach for New Orleans. That's an interesting one to keep an eye on. So there's
0: a, there's a, and I don't know what his relationship is with Sean Payton or not. So there's a few candidates out there, but it's not like a ton of guys anymore. You like kind of looking around and uh, like, who can you get? So maybe you just go with the guy that you got recommended by, by Vic Fangio and Sean Desai. Yeah. Sean Desai. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. We'll see. Obviously Um, a big hire. It is. It is, especially on that side of the ball. This defense has been playing really well, you know, for the majority of the last few years. It's been holding up this offense, so you, you, you kind of want to keep that going. Yeah. Um, we may get
2: news while we're on the air here today. Yeah. Because things are kind of happening fast here around the NFL um, with a lot of these other, you know, non-head coaching uh, positions. And we still have two head coaching positions still vacant out there in Arizona and Indy still. this is The first week of February is in the books, dude. This like really unusual, really unusual timeline. Anyway, speaking of timeline, eight years ago today, today was one of the greatest days in Denver sports history. But it's hard to tell just one side of that story. We'll make sense of it next.
0: Reacting to the news of Sean Payton's hiring and looking ahead to Philly and KC, Safeway presents Stokely and Zach.
2: Eight years ago today, one of the greatest days in Denver sports history. But it's hard to tell just one side of the story, although that's where we are put our energy and focus on here. Today the anniversary of the Super Bowl 50, Super Bowl 50.
0: Wow, man, I think about that. That's uh uh wow, I di- I didn't I didn't realize that. What a I mean, that whole season just just remarkable how it all turned out and played out. It's just uh Unbelievable, and then to finish it off with a Super Bowl win um, the way that they did uh, was just—I mean—nuts. Just absolutely nuts with how it all how it all just played out. You know, especially for Peyton, and And, it's it's impossible to tell
2: the that the story of Super Bowl Fifty without that season from Peyton.
0: Yeah, and just the twists and turns for a guy like that, and you know, dealing with stuff that he dealt with and. And then just getting an opportunity when it didn't look like he was going to get an opportunity again, and it's just really, really nuts. Storybook uh, stuff, yeah. isn't it? Yep. And a really cool game. I was glad I was able to be there. I was working with Arn and Lionel, and we we're covering it. Um, and it was, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. And it was, I just, it just couldn't believe that it finished the way that it finished. Can you believe that it was almost a decade ago? Man, t- uh, time goes by fast. It's, a, it's just wow, yeah, pretty, pretty nuts. It seems like I don't know. I'm trying to. I mean, it seems like it was longer than that. Like gosh, Super Bowl Fifty. How long ago was that? Like yeah, it just depends wh- where
2: your mindset is at on that day. Th- does it feel like just yesterday, or does it feel like longer than eight years ago?
0: I think, I think, I think for most Broncos fans, it feels longer, but just because it's been so painful. Yeah. Since then, every minute on the clock has felt like two. Yeah.
2: That's why I said it's it's um, it's um hard to tell just one side of the story because you get to the zenith of all of what the sport has to offer. You win the Super Bowl. I mean, they, just how hard it is to win a stinking Super Bowl. There's been franchises that have been around for five, six decades that have never been to a Super Bowl. Then there's others that have tried and tried and tried and just could never get over the hump. But since then, it's the worst post-Super Bowl team ever. Like, there is no precedent for how bad a team has been after winning the big game. So that's what makes it a little bit complicated. But I wonder if we zoom out even further, is it actually that complicated? Like, would you trade? Here's my question I have in our notes Would you trade the Super Bowl for the seven years that followed it uh, ahead of the Super Bowl if you knew these times were all coming? Wow, I'm I'm confused. Would you trade the worst era of Broncos football that we've been living through Uh for the Super Bowl? Like, would you do it all over again? Yes.
0: Yes. Um, Or or, or you don't get it? Or you don't get it? Um, Yeah, give me the Super Bowl. Winning the Super Bowl is hard, (laughs) right? Um, And there's nothing better than that. Like, you're the best of the best. And would you trade... 7, you know, tough year. Well, the year after the Super Bowl, you know, was 9 and 7. 9 and 7. Um, are you including
2: that in there in the Uh not not really. It's more of when it started in yeah. 2017 when the team went 5 and 11, most blown out team in football. But even actually if you remember the 16 season, they started yep. 4 and 0 oh, and then the wheels just came off. Um I know Sandy would always quote their record after, you know, from from that 4 and 0 oh start to where we are now and it's just um I mean, it's obviously dreadful.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean I I would. I would. I mean, so you're going to trade it. And then what does the next 7 years look like? Like what what are you telling me they look like? So if you take my Super Bowl, like the carbon what, what, copy of what, what we've just lived through. What what No, but if you take the Super Bowl, Oh, I'm I got you. I'm giving you the Super Bowl I back. Got you. What do the next seven years look like you're, then? I mean, are you in the playoffs every year? You're a playoff year? contender every single playoff year. Playoff
2: contender every year. Every week you got a chance to win. Every every year you feel like you could make a run. Right.
0: Um, so it's you're so hard to win it. I'm, right. I'm taking the Super Bowl. It's just so hard. I mean, you are Super Bowl 50 champion. 50. fitty, fitty. Right? Um, so I'm taking the Super Bowl. I, I, what, what, would, what would you... No, you take the Super Bowl. Yeah, of course.
2: Give me my lashes. Like, like, let me go through what I have to go through. Especially if it was like finite. Especially if you could cut it off right now, and it was just the seven years. We don't know, obviously, what right. we're in store for here moving forward. Broncos were a four and a half point underdog. Were they really making them tied wow. for the largest Super Bowl underdog in the last thirteen years? So there have been a couple others that were four and a half. You know who was four and a half point dog was um. I was looking at this this morning. The Ravens against the Niners were a four-and-a-half-point underdog. Wow. Ravens go on to win it. Wow. Broncos, four-and-a-half-point underdog, go on to win it outright. There was another one, too. Um, I'll look it up here in a minute. Interesting.
0: But, okay. I didn't realize that they were, um, you know, that was before gambling was legal um, and you didn't have it on your phone and all Right, that stuff. right, right. And so I, di- I didn't realize they were that, um, that big of an underdog. Cam Newton
2: was sacked seven times. Vaughn got to him two and a half times. DeMarcus Ware got to him twice. Darian Stewart got to him. Chris Harris got to him. Wolf had a half sack that game. Wolfie. Emmanuel Sanders led the team in receiving. Six receptions. 83 yards. The next leading receiver during Super Bowl 50 for the Broncos anyway, Andre Jerome Caldwell, 22 yards. That was it. C.J. Anderson led the team in rushing that day. 23 carries, 90 yards, scored a touchdown. But it wasn't a bunch of offense. The Niners scored one touchdown. Or Niners. The the Panthers scored one touchdown. Uh, C.J. Anderson got in the end zone. And then Malik Jackson picked up Vaughn's strip sack. And and I think that was it for scoring. Wow. Touchdowns. Wow. McManus kicked, I think, three field goals. I think they went for an extra point. Or did they go for two on one of them, I think?
0: At the end. Yeah. Yeah. Benny Fowler catching the last yes. Peyton Manning. Yes, that's the trivia uh, question. Pass. Shout out, Benny. Um, yeah, that was a uh, you know I was I was there like I said covering the game and you know at that time like when it gets to be like the four minute warning or something right around the last five minutes of the game it's like okay now you start you start leaving your seats because you got to go down and yep. get ready to. You know, get in line to get on the field and cover, you know, the end of the game. So yep. you have to start preparing for that. You don't, you don't get to watch the, the end of the game. And so it's like, all right, we got to go, you know. And so was like, well, this thing's got like four or five minutes left and this is like the good part of the game or right. whatever. And I don't know, it might have been three minutes left too. Sure, whatever. Eight minutes. I'm not quite sure. But all I do remember is like we started going, we got in the tunnel and I was nervous, you know, like, I just, like, I wanted this for Peyton. I know, like, like knew it was probably coming to an end, yeah. And like this might be it, and and all of a sudden we get into the 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 tunnel area there in, under the stadium, and you they have a they had a TV or something up there, and that was right when Von. Um, had the sack and 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 got the they got the fumble in the end zone or whatever the case may be and they went up by I don't know what it was at that point but um it was just such a big play and it's like okay this Ooh, is that happening. was a huge play yeah. cuz at that I mean like you know I don't what was the final score 24-10 24-10 yeah and, and so at that point you know it, it was it was a 6-7 point game and it could go either way and it's like you're kind of holding your breath and then the play, uh, I believe it was from Vaughn, with the fumble and the- is that when Cam like didn't want to jump on it? His knees were wiggling. Yeah, I don't remember.
2: Okay. Yeah, right. When but he- that's like the one image I that will stay with me forever is Cam's indecision and sort of just he froze. Yep,
0: he froze. Wow. All right. Uh, we'll start- what a moment, though. I yeah. Mean, what a, what a great moment for for legendary. Yeah, it's um, truly great defense and. Great team that just um, he found a way to get it done, and yeah, it kind of reminds me of our, our Broncos defense a little bit. I mean, uh, my Ravens defense a little bit, which you, if you're watching them on the Bullies of Baltimore, um, it's because they had those personalities. Yeah, you, know, you had Akeeb and Malik and Wolf and Vaughn and Demarcus and T.J. Ward, and I mean, so and then and then you know, so you had those. Not only were they great, but they had personality. No doubt. And they, they just had fun, and they played the game at a different level. And, um, and that's the way it was in Baltimore. Larger than life. Legendary status. Get that third Lombardi. We'll circle back to
2: some of the um, uh, fun moments and memories uh, from Super Bowl 50. But my question here to spin it forward is, what's the realistic timetable to get this current operation back to where it was exactly eight years ago today? That's coming up next.
0: Reacting to the news of Sean Payton's hiring and looking ahead to Billy and KC, Safeway
1: presents Snugly and Zach. So some, some of you caught it, and that's the type of thing I'm thinking of, like this... The pocket tissue I'm wearing right now has an angle going upwards, if you can see it, if any of you can. And the horse, I believe, has an angle going upwards. And so this morning when I put it on, that's kind of that's kind of symbolic about the direction we're heading right now. And, uh, man, I know this, at the top, Wayne Gretzky used to say, the view never changes from the top. And that's, that's where we're going.
2: The view never changes from the top, and that's where we're going. Sean Payton. Talking about a five-win football team. How long should it take a five-win football team to, quote-unquote, get to the top? Because that's where we're going. To discuss this and more, we got our dude James Merillette at denversports.com. Joins us courtesy of Old Chicago Pizza and Tap Room Game days at Old Chicago. James, um, we were talking about eight years ago today, Super Bowl 50 takes place. And then since then, it's the worst post-Super Bowl team ever. In the history of any Super Bowl winner, what is the realistic timeline to get this operation back to where it was eight years ago?
3: You know, I think it's a a two or three year type of a project. I I don't think it's as big of an uphill battle as some people think for two reasons. One, I don't think they're as bad as their five and 12 record. I, I don't. I mean, I know everybody's tired of hearing about the one score games and how close they were. And, you know, you don't get you don't get any points for that. But that is, you know, indicative of the fact. Well, how far do they have to go, right? This isn't a team that was getting blown out, other than Christmas Day, getting blown out by twenty plus every week, and you got this huge chasm that you have to bridge. It's a smaller gap than than, than maybe the the record would indicate. And I think when you bring in a competent head coach, we saw it with Jerry Rossberg in the last two weeks. They got better. You bring in somebody like like Sean Payton, it it should speed that up. So, you know, I think year one, you're looking at, hey, late in the season, week 17, week 18, are you on that graphic that every network puts up of in the hunt or currently in or whatever? you got to be in the conversation. And then, you know, year two, year three, Sean Payton can, you know, slowly but surely turn over some parts of the roster to get his guys in here and his type of players, and the system becomes – uh, you, you know, better installed, and everybody's out there playing instead of thinking, and all those kind of things. I think year two, year three, you should have big expectations. But this year, listen, guys, you don't trade for Russell Wilson a year ago, give him all that money. You don't trade for Sean Payton, give him all that money, and have this be, hey, you know, seven, seven and ten this year is fine. No, the Broncos are in win now mode. They are, and I think based on, like I say, well, how close they were, and now what they have in place, I think that's, uh, I think that's doable.
0: James, uh, did you hear the press conference um, yesterday? I did. What was your uh, biggest takeaway? Like it? Love it? Uh, didn't care? Well, I, I, How did you, you view uh, Sean Payton's introductory press conference?
3: I thought he was great. I, I thought he said all the things people in Broncos country should want to hear. Um, and look, you know, it, this isn't about winning press conferences in February, but... It also does matter, right? It it sets the tone, and, and, you know, you can go back to when VJ was introduced. And, I mean, if we're being honest, guys, we all watched that press conference after being told he was leader of men and CEO type and thinking, oh, boy, okay, this this he may have bit off more than he can chew. That was underwhelming. He was
2: shaking like a leaf on a tree, James. (laughs) He really (laughs) was.
3: Exactly. And, listen, I probably would be, too. I'm not trying to be critical of him, but what we were sold that he was going to be, he didn't command the room. Sean Payton commanded the room yesterday, and and I thought he was great. I thought some of the things we we heard from him were exactly what we needed to hear. I thought, you know, kind of my my favorite part of it was, hey, be an anonymous donor. And I thought that was a great analogy for, you know, it's mostly Russell Wilson, but it's also Jerry, Judy, and other players on the team. Like, stop posting videos to social media telling everybody how hard you're working because all you're doing that for is to try and get the adulation and the credit. Like, no, you do the work in anonymity. And then you get the reward once the season starts and you go out there for 17 games and you perform well. It's the same thing with the anonymous donor, right? Like, you're not giving the money because you want the pat on the back. You're giving the money because it's the right thing to do. I thought that was a great analogy. I thought the fact that he nipped the, uh, hey, having your own quarterback, uh, it nipped that in the bud, I, a quarterback coach, I thought that was great. Um, you know, not going to have the crowd doing the, the play clock countdown was, was awesome. I thought he hit, you know, all the right – uh, notes: There wasn't a thing that I wanted to hear that we didn't hear. I thought he was fantastic. But, uh, again, that's only step one. Now that has to translate into, you know, what they do all offseason and then ultimately what they do in the season.
2: James Merrillat joining us on the Johnson Auto Plaza Hotline. Have you forgiven Greg Penner for golfing uh, after the Sean Payton news was announced, knowing that Sean Payton was actually in the building working while you guys were ripping him?
3: Well, and again, and, you know, this is Ooh. once again, you're taking what I said and uh-huh. this just it. Nah, it was, no, it was it not. four hours straight. Here, you yes. guys railed on him. Um, yep. You no, and D-Mac. Here was, here was the point of it. Of We're coming off of a, uh, of a head coach who put playing and goofing around ahead of working, right? And field day by itself didn't matter. Regen days by themselves, eh, they matter, but didn't, well, totally didn't matter. Taking the entire bye week off and not doing any work. Okay, and then, hey, we're not going to work on Thanksgiving Day. But you add them all up, and it turns into a team that doesn't work first, play second. It's reverse. I think Greg Penner had an opportunity, and it may have been a little bit of a, a, a false opportunity, but it was there to change the narrative of, hey, you have the, the press conference on Thursday. The PR people, you know, leak it, quote, unquote, to the right folks that can say, you know what? He was supposed to play in the Pebble Beach Pro, (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) he canceled that because this was that important, that sends a message. It was a missed opportunity. Ultimately, it doesn't matter, but it was a missed opportunity.
0: And what are you doing right now, James?
3: Uh, I am working. I uh, mean, just you're, grinding. You're working, huh?
0: We're, we're, yeah. You working? Is it, you got a golf club in your hand right now? Are you on the course? No, this,
3: this is how people huh? take it. Like I'm anti fun and anti vacation. Oh, I'm not. you oh. just got to have your priorities in the right order. Gotcha. Right? Oh. He had them though.
0: He got everything like, done. Everything was done. <laughs> so like, you, you're you're having fun right now, aren't you? Well, well
3: to, here's, the,
0: here's the other part. Like I don't have an issue with uh-huh.
3: Russell Wilson going to Wimbledon, but don't show up out of shape for camp, right? Like it, it's not that you can't have any fun, but if it's the priority over doing the work, that's. But what the I'm work was be.
0: done. The work was done. The work got done. The, the contract, everything was done. He was done. in the, was in the building. building. Yes, yes. Hey, uh, James, one one more. All good. Oh, no, all good. Yeah. All good. One the, more here on 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 Sean Payton and, and this football team next year. What are your expectations for Russell Wilson? Obviously, that's the number one priority, trying to fix this offense and fix Russell Wilson. What are your expectations now that we know it's Sean Payton and Russell together?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's 4,000 yards. I mean, guys, he almost threw for 3,600 yards this year, which is actually kind of shocking. But 4,000 yards, you got to have 30-plus touchdowns. Uh, That was the big one that just wasn't there, right? 30-plus? Yeah, <laughs> from the uh, think that becomes the oh, number, and wow, you got to oh, be, you know, what oh, okay. ten interceptions, maybe a little under, and, and then at the end of the day, you got to win games. Russell Wilson isn't necessarily here just to put up stats; he's here for all those moments when hey, games on the line, or the two or three plays that make a difference in those one-score games, he's got to make it, right? He's got to do what he did against Jacksonville. He's got to do what he did against uh, the Niners, and that has to be more the norm as opposed to the couple of exceptions that, that we can come up with. So I think statistically he'll be a lot better. I think he'll... Um, he'll he'll look much more comfortable. I thought the karaoke example too was was spot on because Russell Russell Wilson just looked like a guy who didn't know what he was doing out there because of this complicated hodgepodge of an offense that they put together. He didn't know what he was supposed to see, so then he was missing point blank wide open receivers. Um, but I think he's going to be much much better. I think Russell Wilson's going to look like what he did in Seattle. Not what he did this past year that's going to be the exception not the rule
2: well i hope we 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 all hope you're right uh james marilet great stuff as always everything at denversports.com better be buttoned up before you shank that first drive james <laughs> Oh! <laughs> my man hey we'll uh, have fun down there seriously uh look forward to um you know learning what you learned uh this pa- this week uh, to come down in arizona we'll catch up with you next week okay
3: all right sounds good fellas all right there
2: goes james marilet denversports.com courtesy of old chicago pizza and Taproom game days at Old Chicago. Stoke, is this a one-year trial run in Denver with two important principles within the Broncos? That's next.